You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Uh, happy Hump Day, happy Wednesday, happy Tennessee Harmony. Uh, just happy, happy, happy. I'm happy. Uh, today's show is going to be happy. We have a special and, uh, you know, slightly different version of Tennessee uh, Harmony today and just Fearless in general. Uh, I don't know if we're going to cover anything way, way too serious. A bunch of us, uh, not together, but a bunch of us went to the movies over the last couple of days uh, and wanted to talk about Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise's uh, new movie that has set the world on fire. It's breaking box office records for Tom Cruise. I think it's his first $100 million opening weekend. And uh, a lot of conservative people are very excited about the movie and feels like it has some masculinity. Uh, no one's apologizing in the movie for being a man. No one's apologizing in the movie for being a white man. Uh, and, you know, it, it explores some themes that we're used to seeing in movies, and it feels like a throwback movie. And so people are all excited. People are talking about it. And so yesterday, as you heard on the show, Steve Kim uh, referenced Top Gun Maverick. And even before that, I think Bobby on Sunday sent out a text, Pastor Bobby, sent out a text message to me. And I can't remember who all was on the text message, but just saying, oh, you got to see Top Gun Maverick. It's amazing. It's incredible. It, you know, it sticks to some biblical principles and themes. I think there's something we can talk about. And so uh, yesterday, I went to go see Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I was all excited. I asked TJ Moe uh, to go see Top Gun Maverick. He did that as well yesterday. I asked Pastor Anthony to go see Top Gun Maverick so that we could talk about Top Gun Maverick today on the show. And that's what we're going to do. Uh, but we're not just going to talk about uh, Top Gun Maverick. This is going to be like Fearless at the Movies, Tennessee Harmony at the Movies. Uh, Steve Kim uh, will join us first, and, and then we'll bring uh, Pastor Bobby and Pastor Anthony out here, and we'll bring in T.J. Moe as well. And a uh, group of guys, we're going to sit around today and talk about movies, not just Top Gun Maverick, but, you know, one, in order to fully understand uh, our opinions on Top Gun Maverick, you got to know, you know, like what our movie tastes are uh, so you can fully understand our point of view and perspective. And so we've all got our list of our favorite five movies uh, of all time, most underrated movie, most overrated movie, our favorite chick flick, 
what our favorite actor is, our favorite genre, and all the way down to uh, what our favorite movie theater snack is. Uh, you can guess mine, buttered popcorn. I don't think you gotta be a rocket scientist. That was my favorite. When, when Bobby sent out the text message saying, you gotta go see Top Gun Maverick, first thing I thought of was an excuse to eat popcorn for two hours. <laughs> Buttered popcorn. But anyway, uh, we're gonna bring in Steve Kim first, because uh, Steve Kim and I are gonna talk about uh, the movie from a more secular perspective. Uh, and it's not that Tennessee Harmony is gonna be all biblical, uh, you know, we're all just guys, and so we'll talk about movies and just from all points of view. But I just wanted to start with Steve Kim uh, because I think our taste in movies are probably the most divergent uh, because, Steve, I, I just want to start here and just let you know. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, I just want to give you my succinct thought on Top Gun Maverick. Mm -hmm. It's just another bad version of an officer and a gentleman. That's all it is. And I hate to rain on everybody's parade and everybody that's out celebrating this movie is, oh my God, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. No, it's not. No, it, it, it's, look, Tom Cruise has, and look, he's a bigger star than Richard Gere, but his whole career is based off Richard Gere, the original Top Gun. It's just a bad version of An Officer and a Gentleman. An Officer and a Gentleman is one of the great movies of all time. Uh, Richard Gere played the heck out of that role. Lou Gossett Jr. Uh, played the heck out of his role. Uh, it was a love story with this whole military story going on the backdrop. I mean, it's incredible. It made Richard Gere one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. And so four years later, that came out, I believe, in 1982, and four years later, in 86 or whatever, uh, Hollywood wants to come up with Richard Gere 2.0, and they actually came up with a better version of him. I'm not gonna, Tom Cruise is a bigger star than Richard Gere, but they did Top Gun as kind of, mm. you know, their little mimicking of an officer and a gentleman, but look, man, I, I, I found this version of Top Gun, and it made me go back and rewatch the original version of Top Gun, I think I rewatched it. It felt like it's the first time I ever saw it. But Tom Cruise, and it's why, I, again, it's, I'm not anti-Tom Cruise, but I'm just not a Tom Cruise movie guy. Mission Impossible, all that stuff he does, just isn't me. Tom Cruise spreads so much cheese over his masculinity that all, that's all I can see is how cheesy, <laughs> and that's what that movie yesterday, Top Gun Maverick, it was just way too cheesy for my taste, uh, Steve. Fine movie, not a horrible movie, but all this hype and glory and, oh my God, this is incredible, and they've made it. No, they haven't. Men are starving for masculinity. Men are starving for masculinity on the little screen, on the big screen. Uh, they're starving for a good guy. And so someone gave some starving men crumbs of bread and we've mistaken it for a steak dinner. That was not a steak dinner, that was crumbs of bread for a starving man that wanted to see some masculinity on the big screen. Hats off to everybody that enjoyed it and loved it. My standards remain high 
inappropriate. I haven't lowered my standard because Hollywood uh, feeds us filth and emasculation constantly. And so I'm not gonna mistake this little tiny thimble full of masculinity for a full cup. I still want a full cup of masculinity and this didn't do it for me. You know, your rant right there reminds me of that old Fox show, The Critic, a little cartoon starring John Lovitz as Jay Sherman, the real snooty film critic that didn't like anything. It has come back in real life form as Jason Slimlock. Look, first of all, <laughs> you're comparing it to a steak dinner. When you go to a movie, oftentimes all you want is a good, juicy, greasy burger. This fit the bill. There are very few Casablancas. I'm not looking for perfection. All I know is this, Jason. When I went to the theater on Monday night, I enjoyed myself. It felt good. And the overall reception of the audience, which actually applauded at certain stages of the movie and at the conclusion of it, everyone was unanimous in thinking this was good old-fashioned Americana it made us feel good. It was great escapism. Yes, yes, the team should have been called Operation Diversity. And I didn't get like how the cocky white guy, Hangman, was kind of left out there, even though he was by far the best pilot. And of course, you couldn't have the white patriarchy actually leading a mission. So you had the Latina woman, uh, you know, because she fills a couple of, I get it. But overall, Jason, this was a great movie in my view because it paid homage or homage to what was a classic film back in 1986. And some of the scenes just replicate what happened in the original, and I thought it worked. Jason, you're taking this too seriously. Again, when you sit down and have a great burger, just enjoy the burger and don't complain that it's not a fine filet mignon. You are being really, really snooty here. You're being a little bit arrogant about this. Just enjoy the doggone show. Listen, I did enjoy mm. the show. And, and, and I love your analogy. It was a burger. Mm. It, it was a good burger. It was a McDonald's burger is all I'm saying. That oh, wasn't Wendy's. That wasn't in and out <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> that wasn't Five Guys. It that wasn't was even Whataburger. Cookie Cutter, oh. McDonald's oh. burger. And look, I like McDonald's. I like McDonald's, it's fine. But this was sold to me as, oh, wow. when you sit down and have this burger, whoo, it's gonna taste like some of the best burgers you ever had. No, it didn't. And oh. again, I, I, there's a restaurant here in Nashville called Stony River, uh, Stony River something or whatever, Stony River Steakhouse. And I think it's a chain or whatever, so it's, it's probably other places as well. They have a great burger. And so, and I've taken people to Stony River, and I'll tell them, look, before you take a bite of this, I want you to know you're about to have one of the best burger experiences you've ever had. And that's when people, when they take a bite, they go, oh my God, you're right. This isn't your typical fast food burger. This is something special and unique. That's what this Top Gun was supposed to be, a great burger. No. That's a burger you can pick up out of any fast food joint. I'm not oh. knocking it. I've eaten fast food my entire life, but that's what it was. And you, you, I, you reminded me of one of my favorite points of what really stuck in my craw about this movie. And I'm sorry if this paints me in a bad light, 
But every time that female pilot opened her mouth, I wanted to throw up. Every single time. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe her. I thought it was stupid that they're portraying her as one of the 12 greatest pilots in all of the military. It was stupid. It was it was total diverse. And I'm telling you, at the beginning of the movie, when I saw them introducing their cast of diversity, I was like, okay, so when push comes to shove in whatever the little final team, there's going to be the woman, there's going to be the black guy and the white guys are going to actually be the actual heroes. And that's what even all the way down to Hangman. The third white guy, he was more heroic than the woman or the black guy who virtually did nothing. They, they gave the woman all these little lines like she was the, the biggest personality in the room and the, the, the funniest person in it. I'm just sorry. I, I, it was too cheesy. That was my yeah. whole problem with this whole thing. Too cheesy to be called a great burger. When you have a great burger, you don't have to smother it in cheese. You put a little cheese on there for seasoning and, and to just to diversify the taste. You, when you smother it in cheese, that means you got a bad burger. Uh, first of all, I know you're a connoisseur of McDonald's, but that movie was not a Mick movie. And I never trust anyone that loves McDonald's and their favorite sandwich is a filet fish We've never discussed that, Jason. That could be a whole topic for another show. You're overthinking yeah. it because when you go to McDonald's, it's either the Quarter Pounder or the Big Mac. Again, we're going to talk, in terms of the diversity, you're right. And they had an Asian guy. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, have you ever seen us drive? There's no way we could do one of these uh, jets. <laughs> and then his name was Yale. Yeah. Okay, that's not a stereotype. Can, can we go with like samurai, bonsai, maybe not Hiroshima. Karate Kid. <laughs> Karate Kid. Sensei. We went with Yale. Why not just have his name be SAT? All right. And I knew he wasn't gonna make the cut. I did like the fact that the brother from Insecure was on. I I, I love I loved his character, Lawrence. I, I'm really happy for it. And you know what? He didn't die in the movie either. So that, that they broke some of the protocol for movies on that. He did survive towards the end. But look, I think in the, some of the newer Star Wars features, one they had this cute little girl that was supposed to be the new Luke Skywalker. And she played a lot like this lady or this young lady in Top Gun Maverick. You're right. There's nothing extraordinary about her, you would think. But you're right. She's the She has a certain look to her. She checks certain boxes. But for some reason, they just cast her as the A1 ace, the flying ace. And it, yeah, part, but you could see that coming. And by the way, Hangman was the archetype in this movie for the original Maverick. He was the cocky SOB yeah. that had special skills. He didn't play by the rule book. And then at the end, because in the original movie, and I guess the other country they were bombing was Libya, because that's who we were having problems with in the mid 80s. They call him in as a guy off the bench, and he almost has like a nervous breakdown, but he comes in as the wingman for Iceman, and then, you know, he saves the day. And then Iceman and Goose, or not Iceman and Maverick, become great friends. By the way, I thought the Val Kilmer, his small role, I thought it really worked. It looked very believable. He looked very distinguished. Then he dies at the end, so you pull at the heartstrings. The only thing, my biggest um, negative about this movie it didn't have Berlin take your breath away. They actually play Kenny Loggins' song, uh, Highway to the Danger Zone, which, by the way, I still play during workouts. 
But I thought the other song that was really iconic that I, I figured at some point when he's with that girl or that love interest when they're in the back uh, upper room doing their business, I thought for sure we're going to get a little Berlin, take your breath away. It never came. That's my biggest quibble with it. Because you know why, Jason? Because I enjoyed the hamburger. I enjoyed the Big Mac. That's it. Bottom line. <laughs> Let me say this. They hooked me into going and watching the original Top Gun. And it wasn't very good either. I, I just want I just want to say that. Whoever whoever the uh, the the love interest in the original Top Gun, Kelly McGillis or something like that. Kelly McGinnis, yes. Uh, yeah. Horrible. Horrible. She looked way too old uh, for Tom Cruise to be wasting his time going after. She wasn't nearly hot enough uh, for that role. And I, I'm just telling you. The original Top Gun, not that good. The, the, the sequel, worse than the first. The first was better. <laughs> but, but look, I don't want to take a dunk. I, I did enjoy it. It's just not worth the hype. And so, again, to understand you and me a little bit better, we came up with our top five military movies of all time, mm. disdain in this genre of movies that where uh, Top Gun is in. I just wanted to kind of understand you, and I wanted the audience to understand me. And so I've already told you, my an officer and a gentleman is the greatest military movie of all time. Uh, I have Glory as uh, number two, uh, close number two, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, here's one that a lot of people I love. Zero Dark Thirty, loved it. Probably when I first saw it, I probably watched it five times in in a year. Uh, and then uh, here's one a movie I, I'm if it's on, I'm stopping whatever I'm doing and watching A Soldier Story. Mm -hmm. Love the movie A Soldier Story. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, and then Steve, I, I go over to your top military movies. And, and I look at the very first one, Midway, and I don't even know what it is. What? I've never what? seen it, never heard of it. Uh, what? <laughs> All the rest uh, I understand, but Midway? Oh Midway? What? what? Only the worst important battle of World War II that swung it in our direction. If it's not for Midway, me and you, we're both Nazis. I'm going to tell you right now, you better watch the, the original one in 1976, by the way. And it used to come on every year. It was in the rotation, living in Valencia, California, on a local station, KTLA 5. And every spring, they would show this movie. I didn't really understand it, except at the end, I knew the good guys won. And I was like, okay, okay. And so it's, it really is a, a movie that talks about the turning point of the battle against Japan out in one of the oceans. So I like the movie. It's, it's something that harkens back to my childhood. So give me a break. Gee, it was a good movie. You never watched it and you're ripping it. That's not fair, Lewitlock. Not fair. How Number one is something I've never seen. Uh, Top Gun, I like Crimson Tide. I like A Few Good Men. Stripes made me laugh. Yes. But uh, clearly I think we're, we're, we're seeing a little difference. <laughs> and then when I go over to your top five, when I go to your top five movies, I'm going to go to Steve's first because mm -hmm. this list blows my mind. Yes, thank uh, you. Karate Kid, yes. Bad News Bears, mm. The Natural, yes. Blues Brothers, <laughs> and your number five, Gung Ho. <laughs> what is Gung Ho? 
Oh my, stop the Asian hate. Okay, Gung Ho is set in the 80s. Young, aspiring Michael Keaton, and a bunch of Japanese guys. So it, it, this is in the 1980s, there was a lot of derision over the Japanese auto industry taking over a lot, a lot of factory jobs in the, in the Rust Belt or the Steel Belt or the factory areas of America. And this dealt with it in a comedic way where a guy by the name of Hunt Stevenson played by Michael Keaton expertly, has to pitch the Japanese company, which is like a Toyota or a Honda or a Hey, come to our city, and we want to be a plant for yours. So there's a melding of cultures of the hardcore Japanese work ethic against the Americans, and they have to come together, and they have to like reach a goal of 15,000 cars in one month, which is almost impossible, but the two sides come together and all is forgiven about World War II. And there are some funny lines. Michael Keaton's out there doing a presentation in this Japanese boardroom. All these old Japanese men, very stoic. So he's doing a, a slideshow. And he has a great World War II joke. He goes, hey, I love what you've done with this place. My uh, uncle visited here in the 40s. Anyway, joke didn't go over well. So at the end of the film, they have to start rushing out cars out of the factory line. So they're not putting in windshields. A couple cars have to three times. Because the old CEO, who's this real, like, mean, gruff guy, and they're walking through counting cars, so they start rushing a few. Then all of a sudden, one of the cars that Michael Keaton drives off falls apart, and he walks out, and he goes, I don't know about you. I thought it handled great. So he comes over, the Japanese guy goes, Haha, I like you. You make me smile. One of the greatest deliveries I've ever seen. Does this story Come have a point? Candy. Yes! Japanese and Americans can come together and make really cheap, inexpensive, fuel-efficient cars and be funny at it. Again, it's a hamburger. Enjoy the burger, wimpy. Jeez. <laughs> you know, I, Gung-Ho sounds like one of those movies where uh, the lips are moving and then the words come out like two to okay. three seconds this, later. All right, there was, no, there was no karate. There was no kung fu. David Carradine was not in this. Okay. Another, by the way, the one movie I hated to leave out was Boomerang. You're, you're gonna kill me for this one. It's actually my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah, by far. Boomerang is a good movie. Uh, listen, I'm gonna let you go on this note. I'm not gonna go through all your your, oh, first of all, let me tell you my five favorite movies of all time. Uh, pretty predictable list if you followed me at all. Godfather, Godfather mm. 2, Scarface, Cooley High, Wolf of Wall Street. I certainly okay. have a type of movie. I love the crime dramas. Go ahead. Jason, Jason, you know how many people what? have said that Scarface is the most overrated movie ever? Honestly, that's of idiots movies have said you that, either yes. love it or you hate it. There's almost no middle ground with Scarface. Group of that's, idiots. That's Group of what? idiots. It's one of the greatest <laughs> acting performances of all time. The range that Al Pacino shows in Scarface is incredible. I'm just, he, he taps so many different emotions, and I, I'm just, the dinner scene uh, and his whole little speech, Say goodbye to the, say goodnight to the bad guy. It, I it, do. It, the whole thing is, is incredible. It's a great acting performance. It's a great I, movie. I just, I want to say this because I got to let you go. Yeah. This has already gone longer than I had planned. <laughs> Steve, we asked you what the most underrated movie of all time is, and you list one of the most celebrated movies of all time, Hoosiers.
How can Hoosiers be underrated when it's one of the most celebrated? If it's in the discussion for the greatest sports movie of all time, it's not underrated. Uh, that's interesting. In my view, most sports movies are overlooked and underrated because of the genre. Because it's sports, um, it's it'll never be looked upon as a Casablanca. It's it's looked upon as just a basketball movie. When I actually every time that movie comes on, it's one of those ten movies that I will watch for at least a half hour. Uh, a stern Norman Dale telling everyone to pass the ball four times. But there's so many life lessons there, and it's a great story. But when you attach sports to most productions, they're not given a lot of critical acclaim. How many of them have actually won an Academy Award, Jason? If you really look at the history of it, not that it's important. And I'm just saying, by the way, Gene Hackman, I, I have a theory. There's never a bad movie with Gene Hackman. Even his bad movies are pretty good. He's, one, he's probably my all-time favorite actor. But again, sports are generally overlooked and underrated when it comes to flicks. Mm, I I got to take care of some business, but you and I are going to do uh, an approval rating on Tom Cruise on the other side of me doing this business. Don't go anywhere. All right. With Father's Day coming up and all the summer events and holidays on the horizon, this is the perfect time to try a box of good ranches. If you're looking to surprise your father, grandfather, father-in-law, husband, this is a no-brainer. Good Ranchers is the place to get American beef, chicken, and seafood this summer. They sell 100% meat and ship it right to your door. And right now, they're giving away two free 18-ounce prime center-cut ribeyes to every person that uses my code, FEARLESS. That's over two pounds of prime ribeye steaks just added to your order at no cost. With Father's Day almost here and the summer stretching out before us, what's not to love? This is not the time to wait. Claim your ribeyes today before they run out. This is a limited stock item, first come, first serve, and you want to be first when it comes to good ranches. They deliver the best of American farms and ranches to your door. Make sure you take time today right now and go to goodranches.com fearless or use my code fearless at checkout to get your two free 18-ounce ribeyes. Start the summer off right with good ranchers, American meat delivered. Guys, Father's Day is coming up. You know you gotta support your fearless soldier. He needs to be well-fed, feeding good ranchers. They support you, me, and what we believe in. Do your job, fearless soldiers. Support a fearless company, good ranchers. All right, let's go to our approval rating with uh, Tom Cruise. All right, Steve. Uh, I'm not, as you heard me talk earlier, uh, Tom Cruise is a Richard Gere knockoff. Oh. Uh, so I'm not the biggest uh, Tom Cruise. And look, I get he's a bigger star than, than Richard Gere, but I don't think his movies have been as good. Uh, I gotta admit, I, I'm, I'm somewhat of a Richard Gere friend. I, I wa in the past two weeks, I watched some movie, uh, Autumn in New York, some love story that I think uh, Richard Gere was in with Maybe it was Winona Ryder. Am I right? Winona Ryder? I can't remember, but it was, it was a good movie. Anyway, uh, we're talking about Tom Cruise, not Richard Gere. Uh, let's go to job performance for Tom Cruise. Uh, he made a little McDonald's hamburger here, covered it in cheese. Uh, it's breaking records at the box office. I'll give him an 18 in job performance. Oh, that is criminally low. And I'll tell you about how good of an actor Tom Cruise is. He's played Maverick. He played Mission Impossible. 
and in all the right moves, he played a white cornerback. That's acne. He played a white cornerback at Empire High with Craig T. Nelson. Good job playing coach and TV. That and it was one. That's one of my favorite movies. He's an A-lister. He's one of the true last movie stars. I'm gonna give him a 25. There's no knocking his career. None. Mm. Uh, character. Uh, I- I'm not high here on this. The guy's been married three times. He's a bit unstable. Nut job. Uh, I'm gonna go 12 in character. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the marriage to Katie Holmes, stomping on uh, uh, Oprah Winfrey's couch. That was very strange. I gave him a 10. Uh, authenticity. Uh, he's into Scientology. I, I just I just don't know how authentic <laughs> I believe that is. And so I go a 9 in authenticity. He is who he is. I, I know that he gets on people for not wearing a mask. He could be a diva once in a while. He talked about his belief in Scientology, which he's one of the bigger spokesmen for. Look, he lays it out there. We don't have to agree or disagree with any of his beliefs, but he's never really been a phony. So I'm going to say that he gets a 20. Mm. Uh, it factor. Can't knock it. He's, he's knocking it out at the ballpark, uh, at the box office, I mean. Uh, he is a big star, probably, maybe, arguably the biggest star, particularly now that Will Smith's not in the competition. Uh, so I give him a 24 in uh, It Factor. Jason, you know what I thought was interesting is before the actual movie came on, he gave a little message to the fans as Tom Cruise saying, hey, I hope you people enjoyed this movie. It was his way of saying, we didn't wokeify it too much. I just want to make you feel good. Enjoy this hamburger. Ride our asses off at this, and you're going to like this. And it worked. It got you prepared for the movie, and he's a star. You could put him in anything, and it matters. For that, he gets a 25. He's the very definition of it factor. Yeah, and they put in, and this is part of the cheese I didn't mention, that whole little uh, beach football scene with everybody shirtless, and I know it was a throwback <laughs> to the volleyball shirtless scene in Top Gun 1 or whatever, but again, that, they just spent so much time. And, and I didn't even mention the fat black drill sergeant or whatever who couldn't take his shirt off and serve no purpose. He was like Tom Cruise's hype man or Maverick's hype man. Ah, anyway, so words, I got wait, Tom wait, Cruise. <laughs> so, go ahead, go ahead. So, so if Maverick was MC Hammer, he was too big MC is what you're saying. Okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I got... Uh, Tom at 63, a grease fire. You've got him at a smoke show, 80. Uh, thank you, Steve. Uh, we're going to get to some Tennessee Harmony. Uh, you know what? I planned on, hey, thank you, Steve. Good job with the swag. I planned on keeping this whole thing tight and didn't. Uh, but that's because Steve had so much good stuff to say. Uh, let me take care of some business before we get to Tennessee Harmony. This is not a normal commercial. This is not another endorsement. This is life or death. Hi, this is Jason Whitlock, and here at The Blaze, we're building a village of Blaze babies with a goal of rescuing 50,000 babies from abortion. Let me tell you a little bit about Preborn and how they have rescued over 188,000 babies' lives. When a woman, under pressure to abort her baby, meets that baby and hears the precious heartbeat, it's a game changer. Because 80% of the time, she will choose life. 
Preborn clinics are located in the highest abortion areas in the country, standing strong for mothers in crisis and introducing them to the beautiful life growing inside of them. Would you join us, join me, in rescuing preborn babies? It's one of the most important things you can do as a fearless soldier and as a man of God, helping to preserve these precious lives. Our ultrasound is just $28, or you can sponsor five ultrasounds for $140 and save five babies' lives. All gifts are tax deductible. To donate securely, call pound 250 and say the keyword, baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby, or go to preborn.com slash fearless. That's preborn.com slash fearless. Let's do it. Let's save some babies' lives. The fight over abortion is not over. There may be good news on the way, but it is not over. We can do this. We can still save babies' lives. Preborn.com is a perfect way to do it. Please visit them today. You guys are looking for ways to push back and fight back against this satanic, evil culture we got going? Preborn, perfect way to do it. All right, Tennessee Harmony. Next. All right, welcome back. Welcome back to uh, Tennessee Harmony at the movies. <laughs> Pastor Anthony, Pastor Bobby uh, with us. Uh, we're talking about uh, Top Gun Maverick. We're talking about movies today. A little bit lighter thing, but I'm still gonna ask you guys uh, to bless our conversation or ask God to bless our conversation. God, I'm just so grateful to be on this show. Uh, what a joy it was for me to watch Jason plug preborn.com. And I've just got to just say thank you, God, for this opportunity. And we pray that today would just be good, wholesome fun. Father God, we're always thankful for the opportunity and the platform. Uh, Father, we pray that all that we say and do is pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, TJ Moe joining us from St. Louis. I had him watch uh, Top Gun Maverick as well. My... The first person I heard from on this movie actually was you, Bobby. Uh, you thought you thought it had these great religious things, uh, and you loved the movie, and so that's kind of what made me think oh, I'll have TJ watch it. Just check my own sanity. So, Bob, we'll we'll start with you. What did you love so much about this movie? Well, I've got to say, you totally deflated me when you called afterwards. And I was thinking, yes, Jason's going to love this movie, too. And you go, ah, you're like a, you know, a thirsty man in a desert. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I liked about it. Yeah. I liked that you had a good guy uh, in the movie who faced the challenge, who uh, was willing to face the challenge, to sacrifice himself and he ends up winning and we're all happy at the end of the movie that the good guys win and our hero prevailed and won the day. And the reason why I liked it is because we're not seeing a lot of movies like that today, especially thirsty. with men. Thirsty. There we go. Thirsty. So oh. again, I, I go back to you're the starving man that's like, oh, my God, there's a McDonald's. Here's a double cheeseburger. Man, this this tastes like cane prime. <laughs> and it. Anthony, you disagree? No, no, no. I'm, I'm disagreeing with your analysis. I, I do. Okay, I will give you that movies are hamburgers. If I want a steak, I will read a book. I'm going to the movies to eat a hamburger. 
Top Gun was a very, it's not, it, McDonald's burgers are, are movies that have no theme, no this, it's a puff piece. This was deep and rich in themes. It's the, the major thrust of the movie is a major theme that we need. We'll, we'll talk about no, it. No, no. Hey, right why, now, we, why got, wait? we got three to one. <laughs> why, hold on, why wait? Hold so, so, okay, I'll, I'll be real quick. Yeah. So time in this movie, you know, is the driving force. We are all facing time. It's a ticking clock that we have no control over. Things can shift up our real time. You go to the doctor and say, hey, this is affecting you. And that shapes everything that we do. The fact that we're on a ticking clock shapes everything. It gives purpose to every minute that we have. We don't have the time to waste. So as you look at the movie, men have to face three, three important times. I'll be real quick. We have to face the time of manhood. At some point in time in your life, you gotta be a man. You don't, ready or not, you gotta be a man. You also have to accept the time of mentorship, be it father, be it a disciple. At some point in your life as a man, you're faced with that time. You have to be a mentor. You have to share this. And then lastly, you have to face your mortality. You will die. And you have sometimes no control over when that it could, you get a diagnosis, you're out of here. So because of all of that in our time, that's what this movie displayed. Maverick, he was facing his time, okay? Your time is up, technology's on the way, we're gonna be replacing you. He was facing time of mentorship. Whether you want to mentor or not, you gotta do this or you're out. He's facing mortality, looking at his own wingman and looking at the lives of these others. If I don't prepare you, you die. If I don't prepare you quick enough, you die. That's he a, should be a preacher. That was a pretty my good outline. Good, I mean, I'm watching the movie and I'm seeing all these things. And I went in with no expectations. I know Bobby gets excited about hero movies, so I'm like, okay, let me you know tone that down. But I go in and I'm seeing all these themes, and I've got some quotes. But that was the major thrust. And you know, even when you look at the time that they had to meet the time of their training, the time of everything. This movie was about the Kairos, the opportune time. It was a major movie, man. This was a really, really good, better than Stony River good burger. <laughs> it was. Uh, TJ, uh, help me out here. I'm sure you saw it my way. I did not see it your way. By the way, don't be hating on Stony River's cheeseburgers. Those are some of the best cheeseburgers, <laughs> I think, anywhere in the world. Uh, Thank listen, you. I, my dad's favorite movie is the original Top Gun. So I've seen it 500 times. I mean, if it's on television, it's on <laughs> at our house. And so you have to have an appreciation of the first movie to adore the second movie, which I did. Secondarily, I went and saw it with my dad, right? So my experience then of what was his favorite movie, getting to see it sort of reincarnated was pretty cool. Um, it had everything that I thought so, so the movies made post 2010 garbage, every single one of them can't name a good one. So this is minimally the best movie I've seen in 10 years. Uh, not that I've seen too many, but it's a movie I think you can take and you could have put it in the eighties and everybody still would have loved it because there weren't a bunch of crazy sex scenes. All the girls were, were wearing clothes. The only thing that you may have said in the eighties is, Hey, why is there a girl pilot? That may have been the, the only critique that somebody would have had 
if you watch this in the 1980s. Otherwise, it was fully wholesome. There wasn't some butch lesbian that was in charge of everyone. Then there was no there was no uh, love scene between two gay guys that you walked into and everybody had to applaud. It, none of that. It was just a nice, wholesome love story. Guys going after a girl. There's a daughter involved. She says, don't hurt my mom. Don't you dare do that again. It was just all real stuff. Like I said, it was a very 1980s film, which is what I'm dying for. Where I was born, everybody, everybody says they're in the wrong generation. I'm about 30 years too late. I would have loved to live in the 80s because the corrupt garbage we get in the movies today is absolutely a disgrace. Mm. I want to understand this. Did you see Top Gun Maverick or the original Top Gun with your dad? Top Gun Maverick. Now, I've seen the original Top Gun with my dad 500 times, right? But it came out in 1986. That was four years before I was born. So I went last night with my dad and watched Top Gun Maverick, which I thought was really cool. Again, because I knew that was his favorite movie. And we've watched the original Top Gun so many times. There were so many callbacks in that movie, right? The bar scene where mm-hmm. you, you pick the fight with the wrong person and then you show up and see that that's your instructor. That happened with Tom Cruise the same way it did uh, with Kelly McGillis. By the way, you guys were talking about her with Steve. I asked uh, my dad, I said, hey, do you think Kelly is going to make a um, – that reprised her role. And he's like, have you seen Kelly lately? She came out as a lesbian in 2009 and she gained about a hundred pounds and uh, they would have not put her in this movie. I knew I was right about the first one. I said, I, you just heard me say this and I didn't know any of that. That was the wrong person to play that role in the original Top Gun. Look, I get that TJ's emotional because he and his dad went to a movie right and enjoyed it together. One. I get it, but I'm about to explain to everybody what the problem is. We can throw out TJ's opinion because okay. he's emotional because he and his dad went to the movies last night and had a father-son experience that has him on a high. Bobby, you're starving. You haven't been fed any masculinity at the movies. You're, you're starving for some sort of masculinity that you and your son can go. You and your son can talk about this movie. You can take your wife to the movie. I get it. You're underfed and starving. Love the movie. I get it. Anthony has come at me in a different way with the, with the themes. And so I'm getting with Anthony you really came at me the way I thought Bobby would and still might in terms of like, there were underlying themes being expressed here that I wasn't aware of, could care less about, even with the, I get it, Mm -hmm. get the explanation. I just would have done it differently. But that, that does lead me back to just a little bit of a biblical point of view on the show, Bobby, that I do, that I think Anthony Mm -hmm. has certainly taken us down that path. And you and I in talking yesterday or the day before, most of Western civilization literature and art is based on biblical principles or... Yeah, so there's a book that came out uh, several years ago by a guy named Northrop Fry called The Great Code. And he argues that behind all the great literature in Western civilization is the story of the Bible. Uh, There's also Joseph Campbell uh, tries to draw this out. He's a scholar talking about literature. And then recently, Jordan Peterson. And I'm a bit of a Jordan Peterson fanboy because Jordan Peterson keeps telling everybody 
that the Judeo-Christian foundations of our culture are important and that uh, there are all these assumptions that we're living by that we're throwing off and we're going to pay a price for it. And this movie epitomized that for me. And let me, let me just tell you the five ways how. So when you think of this archetype theme of uh, the Christ-like figure in a movie, and by the way, the Bible teaches that, uh, there's five themes of the Christ-like figure in a movie. So the first one is that it's, uh, he's a good man. Uh, so, so, so much of today is nobody's good anymore. Everybody's just different version of terrible. So it's a good man. There's a big challenge. Uh, he accepts the role of saving others. He's willing to sacrifice and die for others. And he saves them. And uh, again, what, what's Tom Cruise doing? In the, in the movie, he's a good man. There's a big challenge with this nuclear plant. Uh, it's going to take a lot of sacrifice and danger. He's willing to do it to save others. We actually think he dies, but he doesn't die. He lives, and he ends up saving others. And it just makes you feel good. And it makes like the world is right again. This is a way we think, and it's a, an ideal in our culture that we would be men like that. And so, look, I, I like all of that. I just think it could have been told in a less cheesy fashion. Oh, I'm sure it can. <laughs> that's, it was just... You're going to a movie. But you got to sneak it in. Here's the thing uh, about it. It's that great theme, and you got to sneak it in. And then all of a sudden, somebody realizes, oh, that was what was happening. You're going to a movie. There is cheese involved. That's, I'm, okay, it's a movie. Smothered in cheese is not necessary, it's, Anthony. It's, but no, I'm, I'm saying if we take that filter off, then some of that cheese goes away because I know, okay, I'm going to a movie. I go to any movie, I know there's going to be just some overt line of the, okay, I got it, it's a movie. But the other thing that I, these are filters that I watched, and maybe you didn't watch it with any filters. I watched it with these filters. One, I'm a movie. Two, Tom Cruise took this on as a personal challenge years ago to the fans of the first movie. They loved the first movie. They loved him in the first movie. He took it on to answer this call to the fans. We want a whatever happened. A lot of 80s movies ended with that kind of man. It was great, but what happened? But every time he wanted to do it, Either all the actors weren't on board or either it wasn't the right time. It was just it wasn't going to be done right. So he took it on to tell that story. So, yes, all the callbacks in there are to say to the fans, we know you loved it. Here's something for you guys. But if a person walked in who had no idea of the first movie, the callbacks kind of pull you in. Got it. But the story I'm telling it's enough pressure in time for me. Now, the biblical side of it, like what Bobby's talking about, I see parallels with Paul and Timothy. Paul in his day was this, you know, brash, bold, highly educated, etc. But he runs into Christ who said, man, all of this, what you're doing is actually destructive. You're hurting the kingdom. Why are you doing this? Jesus changes his life, changes his direction. He still has the same power and passion for it, but then he gets locked up for that kind of work. How do I do this kind of ministry effectively behind prison walls? Does it stop his passion? No. And he mentors 
two of the greatest preachers we know, Timothy, Titus, from prison. Again, this time dynamic. I only have this limit that I've got to do, and I've got to pass this on to the next generation the best way I can. So in the movie, when I see him, the thing about time is you have to answer the call. You cannot, you know what, I'll do this. No, 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 you have to do it now. And that's the whole military order rank. It's yes, sir. It ain't no, I'll think about it. It's yes, sir, or no, sir. So when you answer time, you gotta do, and, and he, oh, Jason, come on, TJ, man. Listen, TJ, before you hop in, go uh, go ahead, TJ, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to point out that I got on Rotten Tomatoes while everybody was talking here. The audience approval is 99%. Typically, the audience disagrees with the critics. The critics are at 97%. Jason is the only person on the planet who didn't like this movie. (laughs) Yes, TJ. He's the 1%. I didn't say I disliked it. I didn't say... Look at me. How often do I have to confess? I like McDonald's. I like McDonald's. I like the double cheeseburger. Is this, I like how, the is this how you lose an argument? No. I'm saying, but it is McDonald's. And, and I disagree with Anthony's nope. nope. insistence that all movies are burgers. Yes, they are. No, no, no. The Godfather is a full course steak meal served. Nah, it's a Stony River burger. It is. It's a, it's a very good burger. The book... The books on most of these movies that we watch, ask people who really read critically, they'll tell you, oh man, the book for some I of these great I read the Godfather movies. book. But I'm saying, that that's the steak. You're gonna get everything, you can't no, no, get it all I had them that. both, I had the book and the movie. Gotcha. They're both steak. Gotcha. They're both steak. I gotcha. Got, Good. I'm gonna give Very. you another, this is a TV show. All right. I read Roots, the book, okay. all like 1,500 pages. Saw the miniseries, both Good. of them are steak. But Both the of them movie, are amazing. But the movie does not give you everything the book does. That's what that's what I mean when I say burger versus steak. Burger is ground up fat meat. Okay, steak is give me all of this. What TJ just pointed out is the point we're trying to make. The critics will let you know this is McDonald's. There have been 99 rated movies that the critics are like, come on, guys, what is? This? It's just a puff piece. It's just a, okay. The, I don't they trust were the but the critics, you, you're a that. critic. You're, I, I don't that. trust the critics, though. They're bought okay. and paid for. Most of I'm here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to give you another Shoot. example. Yeah. In terms of like, because I tend to not be on board with what everybody else thinks. Okay. I'm somebody that the way y'all talking about Top Gun Maverick is the way I talked about coming to America, too. Okay. I thought I enjoyed it just as much as the original. And all the critics that said uh, Coming to America 2 was hot garbage. And I'm like, are you kidding? As many times as I laughed out loud <laughs> and, as, you know, and all the, the throwback scenes or whatever, mm-hmm. Coming to America was excellent. And, and, and I, I think this movie is good for a lot of the same reasons you all think is good. I think, again, if we were in the 1980s, though, I don't think people would be ranting and raving oh, about wow. how great it was. Oh, they liked the original Top Gun. The 80s people liked the original Top Gun in its time, one of which who saw it at least 500 times. Let me, <laughs> let, let me, TJ, you may be too young. TJ, have you seen an officer and a gentleman? No. You should watch it, you and your wife. These two gentlemen, I think, have. Mm-hmm. Y'all will admit that's a better movie than any of these Top Gun movies. 
It is, but I'm not trying to compare them. I'm giving. We can't I'm compare burgers now. No, 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 not on this one. Not on, not on this one. It, it's, it's. They're different I'm not, movies. I don't agree with that. They're different movies. They're different movies. But you don't agree with what? That an officer and a gentleman is, is in a better movie than this cheesy that, top. That's gun. correct. That's correct. Bobby, Jason, Jason, cut it you, out, Jason, man. You didn't watch it. You did. I watched, I watched Top Gun, the original, this morning. I so, watched, so, I watched so watch, watch this. Watch this. The scene where they had to get this training, they didn't. They failed miserably. And when they failed, he, he asked them, he's like, what happened? And before they could get their excuse out, he says, don't tell me, tell their family. Like, this is life, death, critical. And, and it's, it's, it's a bother for him to have to do it because, man, I, I'm, I'm a maverick. You, you see that from the opening scenes. I am, but I'm now because of my life on the line, mortality, mentorship, my life is on the line. I have to conform to this because my life and my acceptance of this call has a direct impact on your life. That's the same passion that I flow with through ministry. I have to meet, yes, my marriage, my family, my kids, I got to get this right with God because what word he's put on my life and in my heart, I'm sharing this and this has an impact on the souls of everybody that I encounter. So this is serious. It's, it's, it's that kind of life and death. I see that kind of parallel in that scene. And if you fail at it, it has implications beyond your life. That's critical. Mm. I, I... <laughs> Can I jump in real quick? So Rocky's first Rocky's first fight with Apollo had great implications. That's a great movie. A good movie. Rocky is a great steak. This was a double cheeseburger from McDonald's. But go go ahead, TJ. I'm, before because I'm really gonna uh, put Bob in his place with my next comment because Bob well, just doesn't know anything about movies. Uh, but go ahead, TJ. Well, I may not either, but I do think we should judge movies based on their time. And some of those movies, when they were made, had to actually compete with other good movies. And so, you know, Forrest Gump is one of my favorite movies, but it was only number one for a short time because there were so many good movies coming after it that it lost its top box office spot, had to regain it, lost it again, had to regain it. Right now, we are so desperate for good movies. I actually wonder if there's going to be a bit of a cultural impact here that you can see just go back to the basics of what makes a good movie. And the box office can do $160 million in four days. Uh, so th I, I, I want to just clear the air here and give everybody a little perspective here on who we're listening to. Uh, <laughs> Bob knows virtually nothing about movies. His favorite movie of all time. Listen to Bob's favorite movies of all time. It's a Wonderful Life, Gladiator, Predator, Transformers, Dark of the Moon, James Bond, Skyfall, and Thelma and Louise, I think was number six. <laughs> that last one is not true. <laughs> You asked me. You asked me this morning. And that was my quick list. Oh my. <laughs> and I just want you to know, every year at Christmas, a bunch of people watch "It's a Wonderful it. Life" too. I, 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 I get it, Bob. But you're 60 years old. <laughs> this is not a serious list. Uh, and then, so I want to go through uh, Anthony's list of. Uh, yes. 
all time. Yep. Uh, I think three people saw this movie, me, Anthony, and someone else, his mm -hmm. favorite movie of all time, mm -hmm. Men of Honor, starring Cuba Gooding Jr., yep. is the star Robert of, De Niro. of Anthony's favorite movie, yes. Cuba Gooding Jr. Think about that. Not Denzel, not Al Pacino, <laughs> not uh, Joaquin Phoenix, not, not some seriously great yes. actor. Yes. Uh, and I, you know. The the fourth best actor in Boys in the Hood <laughs> is the star of, of uh, Anthony's favorite yep, movie. Yep. Ice Cube is a better actor than Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, Dark Knight, number two. He should have had Dark Knight Rises as number two, but, you know. Yeah, I lost no long You quitting. don't get to tell somebody their favorite movie. <laughs> he's, he's, he's giving context. It's my show. <laughs> he's giving context. I'm loving it. I haven't seen this movie, John Q. I've heard people talk about it. I haven't seen I know people uh, think it's great. Uh, Rosewood, number four, and <coughs> Top Gun Maverick, number five. Uh, think of Anthony or whatever you want to think, think of. Think of Top, me. Uh, number five, all time. Yes. Top Gun yes. Maverick. Uh, yes. TJ, who has probably seen 10 movies in his life, uh, doesn't have a bad They've list They've only made here. 10 good be movies. He does yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have a bad list. Remember the Titans, number one. Uh, Rocky, the series, number two. Very I, good. I disagree with including the series because about time they got to number four or five or number ten, the, the, you got a disc. It's like the best Game one. of Thrones. It eventually fell off a cliff. No, it's not. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Forrest Gump, uh, Top Gun. He likes the cheese, and he, you and Anthony, yeah. uh, Dark Knight makes his top five. Yeah. <sighs> Clearly, yeah. You want to talk about what the critics think? If the critics had to look at our list mm -hmm. of top five movies, yep. I got The Godfather in one and two slots. That right there, there's a lot of agreement about that. Those movies are <laughs> great two, all the time. Yeah. Wait, wait, you didn't comment on Gladiator. I like Gladiator. I like Gladiator. <laughs> I got to read this line to you. This is the, the best line in the movie. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix Legions, and loyal servant of the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Mm. That's a That's man's cool. man's line. I, I wish that I could call up the line from Bane's conversation with Batman That's in the good, sewer when they're yeah. fighting. That to me. That's a good honorable uh, mention, Dark Knight Rises. Th that, that to me is one of the greatest scenes in movie history. Godfather 1 and 2, very good. What was your number three? Scarface. Can I, can I put something uh, out here, fellas? Five seconds yeah. ago, Jason was telling us that he goes the other way with movies and that he doesn't normally like what everybody else likes. And then now he's using that everybody likes his movies yes. to tell us why his they're good. His top three <laughs> movies are critically acclaimed. Is that right, uh, TJ? Yeah. Scarface is... Yeah. <laughs> you know, this past weekend, we went away and my grandson was with us and he's five years old. And we were, we were arguing over the rules for Uno. And he stood up and said, I'm right and everybody else is wrong. <laughs> Sound like somebody. Just like Jason. <laughs> Hold, I, I want to, I want to, I, I won't read it, I'll let you, just so we can get more context. The most underrated movie, something not critically acclaimed for each of you, we'll start Bobby, Anthony, then TJ. Uh, I pointed to Superman. 
You like the Marvel stuff, huh? Mm-hmm. I haven't. I mean, seen this, this most DC. recent Superman really had those five themes I talked to you about. Uh, it was like whoever wrote it was like trying to tell everybody the gospel story of the Bible through Superman. DC, DC is Superman. Marvel is oh, Iron Man. Oh, my bad. Um, rules of Engagement. Um, I love the... I've seen another, it, but refresh my memory. That was uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Tommy Lee Jones, military, falsely accused. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the whole military thing. Men get... Men understand battle, mm. conflict, war. We just get it. That was the, that was the football scene, by the way, in uh, Top Gun Maverick. We communicate through activity. We confess. We apologize. We, hey... Just by doing it together, whatever it is, we communicate. TJ? I think Pearl Harbor is one of my favorite. It came out, I think, in uh, 2004. And uh, it's the most underrated here. That's Ben Affleck in his early days. Josh Hartnett did a really good job. And I like the history behind it. Any movie that can bring history alive and show you what sort of damage was done, 350. Japanese planes taking a 2,400 people by surprise, killing them, taking out 19 ships, sinking four of them and bringing that to life. And they've got their love story and all that's good. But I, even when you put Hollywood into it, you know, I like documentaries, but even when you put Hollywood into it to bring that to, alive to me, I was, again, 14 years old, pretty underrated. Every time it's on TV, I keep it on. Uh, I'm going to because I'm going to check out you guys. I'm going to check out you guys' underrated movies because I'm always looking for uh, great movies that no one talks about. Arlington Road. I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen Arlington Road. Tremendous. Mm. Tremendous. I, I, I've, it's my little, it's my favorite, back when I used to date, it's my little favorite uh, dating secret movie. For, I've never shown it to anyone that didn't like, oh my God, that was awesome. Arlington uh, Road. Arlington I'll remember Road. that with my wife. Yeah, trust okay. me. It, it's, it's, you'll love it. And okay. it, the twist and turns, it, it's, anyway, I, I, I'm not going to blow it for you, but okay. anyway, watch. All right, most overrated hyped movie. Bob. Academy Award this year, Coda. Oh, is that, I didn't, Coda, I haven't seen that. It's about uh, uh, this uh, fantastic singer who grows up in a home where her parents are uh, mute. Mm. All right. No, I don't. I don't. Pretty much any Academy movie. Academy Award winning best picture. Yeah, I know. But movies that pretty much have come out since 2015, I, I tend to avoid. So I, mm. I haven't seen a lot of the newer movies. Anthony? Mm. Uh, Harry Potter stuff. Just, I tried to give it. I mean, I, I even watched Lord of the Rings, same genre, but. Harry Potter, I just couldn't get into any of it. So it's recently got some more movies that have come out that everybody loves and people are going to hate me for it. But I, I just. <laughs> uh, TJ. Rudy is the most overrated film of all time. Uh, let me tell Who? you, let me give you the cliff notes of Rudy. OK, it was a kid with oh, no Rudy. talent <laughs> who walked in, uh, walked on at Notre Dame, tried hard for a while and then quit the team. And then his teammates had pity on him, and so he got on the field for one or two plays, and they carried him off. That's the true story of Rudy. They were, we're telling every kid, hey, all you got to do, have no talent, walk on somewhere, and then get really upset, and people feel bad enough for you to put you on the field. It's a terrible movie. 
<laughs> they are coming after you, TJ. Oh my goodness! I've never understood it. Well, I'm forever. Really... And I love. Listen, I want to love football movies, but I'm I'm watching a try-hard nobody quit the team. How do you get into that? <laughs> I'm a, and mine is another Academy Award winner. Uh, Twelve Years a Slave. It's one of the oh. worst movies ever made. Oh my goodness! Uh, it, it 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 really highlights a larger point that I've argued about movies, and particularly movies intended for black audiences, uh, there's no love or humanity. A lot of that is stripped from black movies. And 12 Years a Slave is a movie intended to make white people feel bad and for black people to feel superior. That's its only agenda, and it's a series of brutality scenes. and because we're in an era where white people want to feel bad and black people want to feel superior, it won the Academy Award, but there's no humanity shown in this movie from anybody. And, and what, what really disappointed me about the movie is they start out by showing the guy was married, had a kid, and then was taken from his home. And any, if this movie had been about white people, the slave story would have been told through the love shared between he and his wife and his family. And his family just basically disappeared. And uh, this, then they just went into a bunch of scenes of how he was brutally treated and everybody just applauded. That's not a story. And they don't do that for mainstream movies. Just like, again, it's like, hey, we're gonna tell the story of how the Titanic sunk but we're gonna make it a love story. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, it's like uh, this morning, when we were talking about Top Gun, uh, someone referenced, in a, Justin or one of our producers referenced, hey, you saw Tuskegee Airmen. I had seen it, but I had forgotten, so I, I rewatched it this morning. Mm. And one of the things that I know, I was getting, Tuskegee Airmen, it's, it's basically the black equivalent of Top Gun, except there is no love interest, there is no love story. And it's just, it's just that is a consistent, when you start talking about biblical themes and uh, biblical principles being the foundation of storytelling, there's nothing more biblical than love and family, connection between man, woman, child, and those themes are laced throughout mainstream movies. They're far less prevalent in movies intended for black people. They, they, they tend to be movies about what happened to us tragically, and, and they tend not to focus in on uh, the family connection and love shared between a man and a woman. And again, I think it's rigged that way and that culture drives a lot of life. And, and so the movies are not just mirroring uh, the culture, they're driving the culture. Mm -hmm. And I think if you look at a lot of the movies directed at black audiences, love, humanity, marriage, though, and again, there are exceptions, but just overall, because it's almost in any story that they, if they want to tell a story about Top Gun Flight School, we're going to throw a love story. They want a boat sunk in the middle of the ocean, we're going to tell it through a love story. Our stories, just don't get that. 12 Years of Slave, I'm just, I want, and Anthony and I talked about this mm -hmm. beforehand, mm -hmm. I want you to re-watch 12 Years a Slave and, and just, other than this series of 
here's what happened to him. Mm -hmm. What did the movie do? And then like compare, because one of the things that irritated me, and I've been a long time Bill Maher fan, but I heard him once say on his show, he brought a guest on from 12 Years a Slave, and was like, oh, this is so much better than Roots. And I was like, in what world? <laughs> Have you, Roots is one of the great, because this is back when, you know, they were trying to tell a fuller story mm -hmm. of African Americans and our journey. And, and again, I know Roots is told over eight to 10 hours and toy a two hour movie or whatever, but there was plenty of love from Kunta Kinte to his family he had to abandon back in Africa or he was taken from back in Africa to the woman he married and then just the, his love and his pride and how it inspired the rest of his Anyway, I'm going on and on and on, but I didn't like 12 Years a Slave and I didn't. Mm. That's my most. I appreciate you bringing that out. I hadn't thought of that. Mm. When you watch, and again, because it, it's fascinating, because Anthony and I clearly love movies. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, I think our lenses are tuned differently, mm -hmm. but we're always looking for a deeper meaning for movie. And I, Bob, I think so are you. I think TJ just wants to watch a movie and not get angry. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, blame, I don't blame him for that. But uh, what else did I have? Okay, our favorite, uh, oh, this was just for fun, favorite chick flick. Uh, we already know Bob, Thelma, and Louise. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Actually, I'm changing mine. I was oh. going to be Downton Abbey, but it's actually About Time about with Rachel time? McAdams. If you want to take uh, a date, in your case, or your yeah. wife, About Time. Fun movie. Great chick flick. About Time, all right. Titanic. Uh, James Cameron did a good job telling the story, telling the love story. It was a good, it was a good movie. It, it was a good movie. Mm -hmm. I, I, it was. I, I'm not a rewatcher of it, but I can't say it, it was a good movie. Uh, TJ, uh, what I'm sure TJ's is probably something like a Brian song or something. <laughs> a walk to remember. Uh, you told us to go find something that our wow. wives like that uh, that we roll with. I actually like this movie way more than my wife does. Uh, you, have you never heard of it? That's Morgan Freeman, right? Or, no, I mean, no, that's uh, Nelson Mandela. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, now, what was it, it? A Walk to Remember, walk to remember no, is Mandy uh, Moore uh, and Shane Keanu West. Keanu Reeves. Mm. Uh, I have to look that one up. Yeah. Ma Mandy Moore and Shane West. Uh, this was a girl. This is before Mandy yeah. Moore. If you guys remember, this is before she was. She was really young in this movie. The story is about two 18-year-olds, and they were probably in their 20s when they were doing it. This is why I, I have thought Mandy Moore is one of the most underrated actors for a very long time. She's finally getting her due now that she's on This Is Us. But she's been very good for a long time. It's a, it's a story about a young girl with leukemia who gets with kind of the bad boy. And, you know, she is the, uh, the daughter of a pastor, I think, in church. And anyway, goes through the whole deal. It's a very, um, I would say, wholesome movie. As far as chick flicks go, this is... I, if you've ever watched ER, um, Shane West was, was in ER for about five years. And so he sort of gained his notoriety from that but i'm telling you that is one of the best chick flicks out there that people don't talk about all right and i screwed up because the nelson mandela movie is long walk to long freedom walk. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah long yeah. walk to freedom but uh and mine is clueless has anyone seen clueless i've seen it i'd have to rewatch it <laughs> I, oh it's hilarious yeah. uh mm -hmm. it you know 
Stacy Dash is, and I, I can't remember the the star of the show is actually is a, a white girl. No, no, but it is hilarious. I, every time I see it, I, I laugh uh, continuously. Uh, who's your favorite actor? Mine's Al Pacino, as you can tell by my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always changes, but I'm going to say Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. All right, I can see that. Mm. Denzel. Denzel, oh, you and TJ. I tell you, you and TJ got yeah. similar uh, movie taste, I think. TJ is also Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll end on this on a lighter note, and we'll let you guys go. Favorite uh, movie snack? Popcorn, unbuttered popcorn. Unbuttered pop. You don't like butter, or are you no. just cutting the calories? Both. You don't <laughs> like butter? Right, on popcorn. You don't like butter on popcorn. This is correct. That's like saying you don't like bacon on a BLT. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's wow. interesting. I'm nachos. Nachos, that's not a bad choice. Mm-hmm. A little too messy for me, too much going on. <laughs> TJ? Bob, I, us- I usually get a little bit of popcorn with my butter, not a little bit of butter on my popcorn. <laughs> if you've ever been to the movies, that's how that's supposed to work. Uh, I usually stick with Milk Duds, because if you've ever had Milk Duds, you realize it takes you the entire movie to actually chew through all of them, so you don't have to spend too much money to keep <laughs> a snack through the whole movie. Yeah, I'm definitely a buttered popcorn guy. That literally... Like, you gave me an excuse to go to the movies, and I, it was really an excuse to eat buttered popcorn. Because <laughs> I haven't, it's, I don't think I've been to a movie theater since COVID. Wow. Because I live yeah. next door in LA, I live two blocks from an IMAX theater and would go all the time, and then COVID happened. And that was, you know, so you guys gave me an excuse. Have you guys been going to theaters? Not frequently. Yeah. Not very often, no. Yeah. Mm. I got to eat some popcorn. All right, here's our new harmony song. Uh, you know what, I gotta get uh, Allie in here for that. All right, that was a fun, lighter version of Tennessee Harmony and today's show. Top Gun Maverick, catch it on uh, Amazon Prime. It's not the plane, it's the pilot. <laughs> that was a good line. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. See through the lies you tell us,